because they radiate Jesus' life. And in your unique personalities, there's a different nuance of Jesus' personality that comes through. But together, it's man, it's like the Messiah. (laughs) I see him in you. It's a unique angle from up here. So, a priest and a pastor are standing by the side of a road holding up a sign that reads, The end is near. Turn around now before it's too late. A passing driver yells, You guys are so crazy. And he speeds past them. From around the curve, they hear screeching tires, then a big splash. The priest turns to the pastor and says, Well, so do you think that maybe we should just put up a sign that says, Bridge out? (laughs) Are we going to have that timer put up there pretty soon? You want me to... I'll keep preaching until it's up there. (laughs) Thank you. So, supernatural serving to the max, part two. The reason I use the phrase to the max is because Jesus is calling us all to a level of serving in Mark, Mark's gospel, chapter eight, that we talked some about last week. That is a level of serving that's beyond what you can do in your natural human strength. We need supernatural help to serve at the level that he's called us to. And it's a level of service that's not one time, once in a while, but it's a lifestyle, an attitude, a posture, something that pervades our deepest personality, and self-identity. When you think of yourself, my desire is that, and the Bible's desire, God's desire, is that you think of yourself, of course, first and foremost, a son or a daughter. But out of that platform, off that secure anchor, that foundation, that becomes a springboard for the kind of authentic service to say thank you for sonship that doesn't earn points with God to get to heaven or even to provide acceptance with him at all. But it's just a way to humbly say thank you. I want to be like Jesus because, because he died on the cross for me and his substitutionary atonement has rescued me from death and hell. That he chose me before the foundation of the world having foreknown me that he called me, that there was a point in time when I called on him. And at that moment, there was a miraculous transformation, a miraculous change, a let there be light moment in my inner spirit that was dead that's become alive. As for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, following the prince of the powers of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work in those that are disobedient. But now you are light in the Lord. We talked last time about you that were walking in darkness have seen a great light. And you who are living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And that light is only shining brighter and brighter. The path of the righteous is like a first, the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. And that light is Jesus in you. 
And that light is Jesus in me. And we often, when, I, when we lead people to Christ, I know every time when I lead someone to Christ, I see you have now one job. You can remember it. You have one job. Let Jesus love you. And then just do your best to say thank you by loving other people. Supernatural serving to the max. Jesus calls us in Romans 8, as I mentioned, to pick up our cross and follow him. I want to tell you, that takes supernatural help, doesn't it? That level of serving. That level of identity. I'm all in to serve him. Our anchor verse for this talk today is Mark 8, verse 34. When Jesus had called the people to himself with his disciples also, I remind you that the call to this level of discipleship, of picking up our cross, isn't just for the 12 disciples. He says he called the people to himself. Everyone Jesus calls to to believe in him, he calls to radical discipleship. Jesus said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, a desire that Jesus put in your heart, by the way, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We mentioned last time that we're not to lose our identity, to lose ourselves in serving others. We're not to be so codependent with one or more other people where we lose our joy. But from the platform of a, of, a, of a strong security of sonship and daughtership, a strong sense of I'm no longer an orphan, but I am a, I am a blood-bought, born from above, adopted into his family, full-on child of God, and, it, and that's not ever going to be taken away from me. Out of that springs a joyous strength to serve other people. And the joy of the Lord is our strength to serve others and to serve God, isn't it? I want to remind you of the context of that verse as we continue to uh, do a little bit of an introduction here. It's not just in Mark 8, but it's in Matthew 16, and it's also in Luke. You'll remember that Jesus says, hey, who, who are people saying that I am? And the disciples say, well, some say Elijah, and some say John the Baptist, and some say one of the prophets, and then Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And it's Peter that speaks up. And he said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. My father, which is in heaven, has revealed this to you. And you'll remember that one of the things we talked about was that every single revelation that you have of God Every time you're reading in the word and the spirit quickens something to you and grabs your heart. Every time you're singing a certain worship song and you start, start having tears. As I, I'm aware of throughout the congregation that there are many, many times, myself included, when tears start rolling down our cheeks. There's this, there's this revelation, this glimpse, this seeing through a glass darkly, but we are seeing the reality of the living Jesus Christ. And it is so utterly moving. That in glory, when you see him, not only are you going to give him a hug and thank him personally, but there will not be a dry eye in heaven. The angels weeping over the saints reaching their full destiny. 
No more sin or sorrow or suffering. And Jesus himself, in his infinite miraculous miraculous power, personally wipes away every tear. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. He called, us, he called the people to himself. He said, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Every time you have any kind of revelation of a, in a song, in a dream, in a contemplation, I want you to know that's not happening because you are so smart. That's... Not happening even because you are so humble. That's not happening because you are so spiritual. I hate to pull the rug out from under you in a way, but that's exactly what I'm doing. It's happening because God has chosen to give his favor and his grace, his unmerited, undeserved favor to you to reveal a glimpse, a taste of the bread of life that you'll be feasting on forever. A taste of it in this life that is so moving that your, your heart is gripped and you're moved to desire an irresistible, unstoppable desire to serve him every day of your life. Not out of servility or a hope that you can earn points, but a desire of gratitude that overflows from your deepest heart and you can't shake it off. Okay. Are we going to have that up there again pretty soon? That time thing? We're starting over? Goody. (laughs) I can preach at this church. <laughs> you know, there's a time warp when you're up here. It goes way faster than when you're sitting there. Okay, point one. Supernatural serving to the max includes the call to travel with the risen Jesus with an attitude of great expectation. Mark eight thirty four b Will you read this with me? Will you read it with me out loud? Will you? Raise your hand if you read it with me. Now, will the rest of you read it with me too? Okay, read it out loud. Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Underlining and follow me. Our life with Jesus is just that, a journey with Jesus. It's not following, just following the teachings of a, of a guru that wrote stuff and people wrote stuff about him 2,000 years ago. It's a present day, present tense walk. Daily life with the resurrected one. He's alive, he loves you, he's with you and there will never be a time 
in all of your eternal future, from this point on into your eternal future, there will never be a time that Jesus Christ is not personally, intimately with you. I will never, ever, ever leave you or forsake you. But his call from that is to follow him. Augustine in the early 5th century put it this way, the church of Jesus Christ is an Easter people. It's not just a one-time thinking about the resurrection Sunday of when he rose from the dead. It's a life of living with the risen one. And it's a partnership with him. It's not just that we do things for him. It's not just that we ask ourselves, what would Jesus do and try to do it, as commendable as that is. A bigger question is what, then what is Jesus, what would Jesus do is this question, what is Jesus doing in my life and through my life today? Present tense, Jesus in you, walking hand in hand in the journey of your, of your life with him leading on the trail and you right behind him and you're having a constant conversation with him through the journey of your life and you have decided with bold, bold, courageous declaration that you're not defining success like the world defines success, but you're defining your success Fundamentally and primarily as this, success for me in my life is simply sharing all of my life with the risen Lord Jesus Christ every day. And that knowing of him in this life, transitioning when he comes back or when you go to be with him, that quick transition, there will be a huge degree of familiarity when you see him in glory because you've already walked closely with him day by day in this life. That's the call to follow him. Not from a distance, but close behind him on the trail and the life of your journey. So that he continues, he continues to serve, but he does it through us. He continues to serve with his words and his works through our words and our works. With his doctrine and his deeds, with his message and his ministry, with his teaching and his touch. He's got your hand as you reach out and touch someone else in the point of their need in the life of of your journey with him. And it's his touch that surges through you to them. And their experience, although it seems like it's you that's doing it, their experience is actually touching the divine one the healer, the blesser, the lover of their souls. My son David and I have enjoyed walks and hikes since he was a little tyke. And I remember when we used to go on walks and hikes together when he was little, one of us had to always go first. And it wasn't me. He always had to be the one in front. And I thought of that last week when we decided on a Monday, a day off to go on a hike uh, in the Upper Rogue uh, River Bridge. 
campground and then hiked the upper rogue for a bit. And we brought our 44 Magnum and shot some trees. <laughs> that was fun. Pretty loud, though. We had earplugs, but still loud. That's a blast. But he said something to me that made me laugh. He said, Dad, why don't you go first and set the pace? Because of my motorcycle injury, I'm a little slower than I was on the hikes. You know, I respected that. I honored that. I appreciated that sensitivity on his part. But I thought, you know what? One of the things that's a fundamental issue in our own personal discipleship of Jesus is that transition, that personal transition that takes place when we say, when we shift from, I'm going first and I'm bringing Jesus along. And I'm talking to him, but I'm, I'm going first. When we make that transition to say, you know what? I think I want Jesus to go first. Set the pace and lead the conversation. Amen. Walking in front of us. It's a real peaceful thing. And that verse in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, that says, may the, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. That really permeates your whole personal existence when Jesus is just walking a step or two ahead of you on the trail of your life. It is a profound way to live. You become fully human in all of the blessing of what it means to be fully human if you let Jesus lead the way. I asked a young lady recently who had mowed someone's lawn while her brother fixed their closet door what her hobbies were. Her response was, I didn't know what she'd say, but she said, my hobbies are, my hobbies are to worship Jesus and do random acts of kindness. And I thought, you know, if someone asked me what my hobby was, they would say, well, I used to ride motorcycles, but now I just go fishing. <laughs> but I thought, you know, that's an interesting way of thinking of ministry, isn't it, as a hobby, because it brings such joy to our hearts. It's, just, it's refreshing. So I hope that whatever your hobby is, that you'll add a dimension to it called worshiping Jesus and doing random acts of kindness as the Holy Spirit leads you along the trail of your life journey. I've had a lot of appreciation for the way my kids have followed Jesus on the trail of their life. I could say something about each one of them. I want to just zoom in on Charity for a moment who's recently moved here. Wave at us, Charity. Right there, right there. God bless her. Charity and her family lived in Santa Barbara while her husband worked on and, and finished a seven-year PhD in philosophy, all on California's dime. And the poor, the poor people of California's tax money. Releasing a, Christ, a full-on Christian philosopher to teach in college somewhere in the future. Thank you, Jesus. But Charity had a knack for befriending everybody in student housing. So much though, so that when she moved away, she got several phone calls saying, it's just not the same without you and your family here. There were Muslims, there were 
lesbians, there are gays, there are Hindus, there is like a whole plethora of everything on the left, very few on the right, <laughs> in terms of politic, this political spectrum. But Charity had a way of just being friends with everybody. And from time to time, she'd lead someone to Christ. And that is continuing even to this day. She is recently doing a video chat with a PhD student, a young lady that was a neighbor that she befriended. She's doing a video chat based on a study of the Chosen movie series. And I want to tell you, this, this gal that she's having the, the video chat with is way different than most of your political perspectives or mine. But there's something about a revelation of Jesus. Jesus has a harvest amongst every generation, every ethnicity, every people group, every political persuasion, every facet of society. One of the, And she has this, this Bible study she's doing with these gals. And one of them is come to faith in Christ. And the PhD student that she's working with is this close. So God bless her in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, reveal to this gal the beauty of your personhood, your love, your redemption. And may she find herself weeping at the feet of Jesus with joy that she herself has been transformed by love. Amen. I love the creativity that comes from following Jesus day by day, not knowing what in the world's going to happen next. I remember when we were pastoring it in the Astoria area, we lived 30 minutes from Cannon Beach. You guys ever been to Cannon Beach, the Haystack Rock? And Some of you have? Here's a picture of Haystack Rock. And every year there was a sandcastle contest, and we entered the contest with Christian themes a few years there was hundreds and hundreds of people that would come to that annual event. I want to tell you something that happened one time that was just a Jesus thing. It's just as Jesus is walking a little bit in front of me on my journey with him, we'd go there, we'd talk to people about Jesus at the Sandcastle Contest, talk about our, our, our Christian-themed Sandcastle. And we would push and pull cars out of, that were stuck in the surf because some Portland people don't know about the tide coming in. They <laughs> didn't learn that in school, I guess. Focusing on some other woke things and didn't, you know, I don't know. Rewind and delete if that was offensive to you. Anyway, one time I was sharing the gospel, trying to share the gospel with this young man. And he said, I'm already, a, I'm already a Christian, I'm already a Jesus person. In fact, we're, we're, part, we're just taking a break now. We're going from city to city, and we're in a barbershop quartet. We sing uh, harmony. There's, there's uh, I don't remember, I think there was four of them. And we sing like without music. It's just the, the beauty of the human voice. And I just felt a sudden impulse from Jesus who was walking a few feet in front of me on the trail, I felt him say, go ahead, do that. So I said, young man, would you and your friends be willing to have a concert right here, right now on the beach? And he said, sure. I said, okay, I'll get a crowd together. 
So I started yelling and shouting and said, come over here, everybody. We've got, we have this amazing Christian singing group. You are going to love this. Please come and gather closer to watch. You're going to be totally blessed. I would say there's about 100 people that joined around. And when that group started singing, the spirit started descending. Beauty of the human voice in harmony, singing praises to the Lord, brought the anointing of the glory of God to the Cannon Beach Sandcastle contest that day. And not only were those that were present affected by it, but there was silence on the beach. Almost complete silence on the whole beach because they could see that something was happening that was beyond just good music. We had church that day on the beach by Haystack Rock. I'll never forget it. And I'll always be grateful for Jesus, to Jesus for leading and guiding into that moment. I'll trouble you with one more. My job is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. I was doing some soul winning the other day at Fred Meyer parking lot, the north side, Fred Meyer, Fred Meyer. I ran into this guy, he said he's already a Christian, and he told me, I said, how'd you come to Christ? He told me a moving testimony, being homeless for 10 years, and then coming to Christ and being getting a job and being totally free and now having a family for four years just because of Jesus. And I mentioned this to you before, but I want to say it to you again. Whether I've known you for two seconds or for 20 years, always I'm relentless with Jesus' guidance and blessing. I'm unstoppably determined to have a singular goal in my relationship with you and every other Jesus person I meet, to maximize your potential in the things of the Spirit and in the things of Jesus walking with you and the trail of your life with just a step or two ahead with you and him in constant conversation, maximizing your giftedness, maximizing who you are in God. That's my goal. Let's be clear about it. That's our whole team's goal. I don't have any other goal. I want to see you. I know you're going to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. That's a given. But I, I don't want you just to get to heaven. I want to, get, I want to see you get well to heaven. Hap, happily, full on, joyfully to heaven. That's what I'm working at. Anyway, so I say to this guy, his name's Ryan. Hey, Ryan, do you want to go around with me and I'll set you up to give your testimony to some people right now. He said, I'm in. So we walked around a little bit, and I was a little embarrassed because we weren't seeing anybody that were, you know, seemed like it would be a good thing to talk to. But then we saw someone in the distance. I told him, anytime I see somebody out there, I start walking towards them, and sometimes they leave, and I talk to somebody else, but usually there's something there. So we started walking, we were continuing to visit. And as Ryan and I walk closer to this guy, Ryan says these words, I know him. 
He was one of my friends when I was homeless for 10 years on the street. And he's still homeless. I haven't seen him for like six years. So we walked up and and the guy remembered. The guy's Todd. He remembered Ryan. And Ryan told him about how Jesus changed his life. And I just kind of sat back and watched Jesus and Ryan do, do their God stuff. I was honored to be a part of a spark plug for that to happen. And Ryan led his friend Todd, his old friend Todd, to Jesus that afternoon. Prayed to be saved. Gloriously saved. That's Jesus. It's a great way to live, friends. It's a, it's a great way to live. It's a great adventure. And that's why I've said it to you before, and I'll say it to you again. It is your obligation, it is incumbent upon you to take care of your bodies best you can, to eat in a way that's healthy and good the best you can, and to do your very best to stay healthy for you to live a long life to maximize the blessing of Jesus through you. I live every day as a man of great gratitude because after my motorcycle crash, my goal after a certain time, a month or so or two of recovery, after my brain surgery, I said, oh, Jesus, I miss talking to people about you. I'm going to go out and try, Lord, give me strength. And I could only talk to two people before I was just brain fog, brain scramble, nauseous because of what was going on with my brain. I'd have to drive home and, okay, Lord, two more tomorrow. Two more tomorrow. People have told me I need to stop crying. I'm working on it. I'm trying. I know some of you like me crying, but some of you don't, so I'm working. <laughs> I remind you, the Apostle Paul says, I was with you with tears to the Ephesian elders. So there's my theological justification. (laughs) You're looking at a man with a huge debt of gratitude that I can now talk to 24 people a week on the streets. He's given me another chance to live a year longer been a year now. I am so happy and so grateful. I want to live long life to do all I can to advance the kingdom and to drag as many of you with me as I can. That's all. Let's stand up. Would you close your eyes? I'm going to give you a chance to respond to Jesus if you haven't started your walk with him yet. I'm not going to call you forward, but 
I want to tell you what part of the context of this whole verses we've been sharing. Part of the statements that Jesus said to Peter, you're Peter, and upon this rock, I, I will build my church. The Holy Spirit of Jesus is the primary evangelist, not me or anybody else. And he's the primary discipler. I just want to be a spark plug for you and for that Jesus work to come forth. I'm not going to call you forward, but I am going to ask you to look up. Catch my eye. If you, are, if you and Jesus are starting a walk together in the context of this service, a fresh start or a new start with Jesus is happening in your life. I'm looking to my right. Look up and catch my eye. I will misunderstand if you're looking around for any other reason. Look up and catch my eye if you're starting. Thank you. Thank you. Two people so far. Middle section on my right. Anyone else? Thank you. One other person. That's three so far. Anybody else? Thank you. That's four people. My middle left. Four people so far. Looking up and catching my eye if you are starting a journey. Thank you. Five people so far. Starting a new life in Jesus. Anyone else? Thank you. Recommitment. My far left. You're starting your life with Jesus. Thank you. Six people so far. We're going to keep it simple today, friends. The Bible says three times, whoever calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. And in that same context, whoever confesses with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in your heart that God raised him from the dead, he will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. We're going to keep it real simple. We're going to all say it together for the sake of these six people. But let's all participate to make it easy for them. Say this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I call upon you to save me. I confess you as my Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Forgive me for my sins. Cause me to be born from above. I am saved. I'm born again. I'm on the way to heaven because I have Jesus Christ in my heart. Amen. Now, you six people, it is your job before you go out these doors to tell at least one person that you made that commitment to Jesus today. I don't care who it is, but tell somebody. Get it started. And they will encourage you to get baptized. Contact us about getting baptized because that's that's that declaration that will that will give you that will be a turbo bur, a turbo boost in your Jesus life. Baptism is a turbo boost in your Jesus life. We have a pastoral care team that will be up front that will minister to you body, soul, and spirit, whatever you need. There's miracles that will happen up here today. It is our job if we at one miracle to come get prayer. We love you. Jesus loves you. Hope you enjoy that lunch next door to support the teens. Thanks for being with us today. Amen.